0: What? What did he sell? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. And if you happen to have one of those alert mechanisms on your mobile device, that only shows you the first three or four words of a headline, and you saw Bob Nutting sells the... (laughs) I can imagine your thumb probably went flying to do the tapping, only to find out that he sold off Seven Springs, the ski resort, and some other related businesses to Vail Resorts, the nationally renowned company that owns, I believe, 40 or 50 of those types of operations across the country. But the reaction to this was just priceless, like everywhere. Sold the wrong thing, Bob. Meant to sell the other thing. It kind of got me wondering, just because I was in a weird kind of mood, Yesterday to begin with. When that news came across. What would. People's reaction be like. If he didn't have to sell the team just to say that it's for sale. Just that. How would people respond? The sale. this thing itself means nothing, by the way. All this means is that. He got a really good price and moved it, and that was that. Uh, $125 million uh, was the price. I don't know what he bought it for originally. I'm sure it wasn't even a fraction of that. But when you have a conglomerate like this, Vale Resorts, they have a way that they can manage costs by... Eliminating duplication over a bunch of different resorts so when they go to buy ski lifts, they can buy them in greater bulk, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I wouldn't read anything into this. I wouldn't read into it as, oh, no, Bob needs money. This is it. He's going to be selling everything now. He's not. He's not. I have been informed more times than I can count, including not all that long ago, that This Major League Baseball team is not for sale. Doesn't mean there isn't a price that could be achieved. As we've seen in other walks of life, and the Penguins themselves weren't for sale either. Although they were open to it. They weren't exactly uh, hanging a sign outside of PPG Paints Arena. But the official stance, and it's corroborated by everything I see and hear at 115 Federal, is that the pirates aren't for sale. This doesn't change that. But what, what, if something actually did? This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of... Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. About a decade ago, and I was working at the Post-Gazette, I broke a story about Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle, who were the Penguins' co-owners for the better part of 20 years up until this latest sale to the Fenway Sports Group. And they made an attempt, a real attempt, to buy the team from nutting. In fact, He agreed to meet them at their place, which was over at Chatham Center. Uh, Chatham Center still exists, but it's no longer the Penguins' headquarters. They now moved into PPG Paints Arena, but Mellon Arena couldn't hold team headquarters. It was so cramped that they actually moved across the street. He met them there. The only people in this room were Lemieux, Burkle, and Nutting. That's it. And at some point or other in the dialogue, Burkle slid a check across the table for $300 million. And Nutting said no. Nothing else came of this. To the Penguins' considerable disappointment, both Lemieux and Burkle really wanted that to happen. They weren't going to go overboard to make it happen. They weren't going to go outside of what they felt the team's value was at the time. But they, they wanted it to happen. And they were quite unhappy that the dialogue just ended there. But it did. But it did. And that should tell you something. What's more, Nutting never told... Frank Coonley, his team president, the man running the business at PNC Park, that he was going to the meeting, and after it happened, that it ever occurred. Coonley found out about this meeting the way you did from my article back then. So take some of that, and extrapolated into how Nutting is approaching owning this team and not having it be for sale. Even in the moment where he thought maybe there was some kind of discussion to be had, because why else would these two guys have called him and said, it's just going to be us at this thing? He knew what it was about, still went still listened, and then wanted absolutely nobody to know that it was ever a thing. He very much wants the perception, I say perception, not even in a derogatory sense, because it's also reality, but he wants that to be the image that's out there. He's not selling this team. He has, in fact, long after he had acquired enough shares, and those were principally Kevin McClatchy's shares, to become the majority owner. Once you have 51% of any company, you are in charge. Okay? (laughs) Nobody can tell you what to do. He just kept buying. He went after every little minority share of this or that, 1%, 2%, uh, racetrack owner. I can't even remember who a lot of these people were. The Post-Gazette had a $2 million stake in the Pirates ownership. He bought that, um, just kept buying and buying and buying, and he now has a dominating control. There are still a handful of minority owners, people who just don't want to get out. If you don't want to get out, you don't have to get out. They just want to hang on to their stake. But that's been his approach. He really, really, really wants to hang on to this thing. To the extreme that he has said publicly, including to me, more than one occasion, that he wants to pass it along to his daughters to keep it in the family someday. I don't think that's going to go away. And I I know how happy it would make people. I also know to what extremes he's been demonized. I don't think he's the best choice for the owner of this franchise. I also don't think he's the devil. But I do realize how people around here feel about his ownership and, and him or their perceptions of him or the mythologies that they hear about him. And it would be, wow, it would really, really be something. It might be the single most unsettling day of his life, the day that he announces that either the team's been sold or that it's up for sale. Because that, even more so than hearing people get angry and, you know, call him all kinds of whatever, this would be so much worse. You would see unbridled joy when we come back Just One Question Welcome back, it's time for Just One Question and that comes today from Don Clark who asks what have you seen that Derek Shelton is the right guy or the wrong guy to lead the team when the best of their minor leaguers reach Pittsburgh. I first want to share, Don, an observation. I don't like to typecast anybody, and that includes fans and fan reaction. But it has become quite the thing to watch every single time Shelton makes a bad decision, and he does make them that this becomes the topic, this very specific thing. Yeah, he's the wrong guy for when they get good. They're going to get rid of him when they get good. To which my response, even if it's just to myself, is always some version of, if they didn't think he was that guy now, why wouldn't they just get rid of him now? Because you need a happy-go-lucky guy to go along with the losing. And he seems to be that. Uh, a lot of people who follow the Pirates closely will liken him to John Russell, which is hilarious. You talk about two people who are polar opposites. Two managers with managing styles that are polar opposites. But with JR you'll remember that he took a team that was basically expected to lose 100 games, and they went and they lost 105. This was in 2010. And even before that, it was all about he was going to be the steady, uh, stoic, reliable presence that was going to instill the fundamentals and make these kids better. And then someday... How did you put it here? When the best of their minor leaguers reached Pittsburgh, someday J.R. was just going to be gone. And we were pretty sure that's how it was going to play out. And guess what? After 2010, JR was fired by Neil Huntington, replaced by Clint Hurdle. That ended up becoming a very, very good decision on the part of management. This franchise needed someone who was going to bring in a real change of attitude, change of culture, more positivity, uh, more of a visible vocal presence on and off the field. Clint did all of those things. Clint talked openly about rebonding a city with its franchise. Remember that phrase? And in 2013, they did exactly that. For a couple of years. Shelton isn't JR. Shelton isn't here as any kind of interim anything. Shelton will be the first to tell you that his game management isn't perfect. He'll acknowledge when he makes a mistake. He'll show humility. But I've also seen him, Don, learn from it. I saw him do things with his bullpen in that shortened 2020 season that I've never seen a manager do at any level some of the the worst worst decisions that I've ever seen in covering baseball but they got better and funny how early in the 2021 season when the bullpen was such a strength remember that Richard Rodriguez was going nuts and you had David Bednar and Chris Stratton were just set-up guys and everything else. Every decision that he made in bringing someone in out of the pen was a good one. Why? They came in and got (laughs) outs. Funny how that works, right? He still didn't show nearly enough urgency when it came to pinch hitting, going with the hotter bats, but a lot of these things are also decided, determined... As a group, and essentially over his head, as for who sits and when, how often they get rested, these aren't unilateral manager decisions, and this is most of what people talk about. Well, this team's not in contention. It sure as hell wasn't these last two years, either. So he was going to have to run things a little bit differently. There were going to be players that they wanted to see at different positions. There were going to be pitchers who were put into positions that realistically everyone knew they weren't going to do all that well in. But you had to create opportunity. You had to set up different scenarios to allow you to make the best evaluations of those players. Is he the right guy or the wrong guy, Don? I have no idea. Is he here as a stopgap while Charrington and Steve Sanders try to find the right guy? That would be an emphatic no. No. That is not the attitude. The Pirates feel they have their manager. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do another one tomorrow.